Now moved ahead. In comes Tom to the chance. Moves it, but he scores! Kill Thomas has given Taylor the lead. With less than four minutes to go in the third period. Welcome to the Canada Fans World Junior Tour podcast. My name is Bryn Griffiths along with Paul Almeida. Our podcast is powered by Azercan.net. Good day, Paul. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Love those semifinals. How about you? Yeah, I thought they were pretty entertaining. I got to say I was not surprised by what happened between Canada and Russia. And I mm-hmm. can't say I was overly surprised by Finland and the U.S. either because you and I have been talking. In fact, maybe we'll even jump to that game first. That was the late sure. game. We talked about you cannot let the Finns hang around and hang around and hang around because if you do and they get a break one way or another, they're right into it, and all of a sudden you've got a situation that's out of control. And I really thought for the Americans – that they had an out-of-control situation, but they were able to put the fire out as fast as they possibly could. Well, the Finns are are relentless. You know, we talked about uh, Sisu, which is the Finnish word for finding that inner strength when you need it. You know, the bad part for them is that they always, you know, get down that 2 nothing score, and then they have to claw their way back. They always do. I mean, the U.S. gave them the opportunity with two delay game penalties at the end of the game, which was unbelievable. Yeah. And then uh, Orvin tied the game 3-3 with uh, 3.43 left. And at that point, you were thinking, this is a carbon copy of what they, they did against Sweden. And they're going to score again. And then out of nowhere, Alfie Turcotte's son uh, came out. And he had one hell of a shift where he won battles in the corners, got the puck, got it out front, and what a shot by Kaliev. He was off balance. The puck was just laying there close to his feet, so he didn't have time to wind up or anything, and he just wired that shot right under the crossbar uh, glove side to give the U.S. the lead with a minute 16. So exactly opposite of what happened to Finland against Sweden where they score that late goal and you don't have time to, to recover. And I thought Finland played a great game, though. And maybe one thing for Canada to take out of that game that they watched with Finland. Finland, when they were aggressive against the United States and they used the body, the Americans had problems. The Americans had problems getting out of their zone. They had problems, you know, making passes and getting into the Canadian, uh, sorry, into the Finnish area of uh, of the ice. And I think that's maybe something, a good takeaway for the Canadian team to see is that maybe the U.S. team, when it comes to physicality, is not up there. And uh, Finland outshot them 36-26 and controlled that game. They came out hard. Finland came out hard and took it to them right off the bat, and then the U.S. scored the two goals, changed the game. But, you know, that third period by Finland was unbelievable. Hey, you know, a lot of people bitch, whine, and complain about the delay of game call. But to me, it is about as black and white a call as you can make if you're a referee. Oh, yeah. And in both of those situations, it was pretty obvious that they were pucks over the glass. So I didn't have any problem with oh, yeah. that. The the one thing that, uh, and I this is what I love, because not only am I watching the game, I really listen careful to the broadcast. And both Gord and Ray do a fabulous job on TSN. But Ray was at his finest on that uh, that that goal with 116 to go. 
because he oh. pointed out the fact, and Ray was a pretty damn damn fine score, both in the Western Hockey League yep. with Brandon and also uh, yep. when he got to the bigs. But he pointed out about how tough that shot was because the guy was kind of flat-footed. But he was able mm-hmm. to get the shot away and quite clearly caught the netminder by surprise, and that ends up being the winning goal. But to me, that's uh, that's good broadcasting when you can have somebody jump right in. If I'm starting to think it at home and he's answering the question, then I know that yeah. he's on the right wavelength with the with the viewer or in radio case, the listener or whatever. But in this particular case, I thought the thought the boys called a fine game yesterday, and it was a fun one to watch. 4-3, very, very close. And uh, now the Canadians are going to have to take on the Americans. Let's now get over to the Russia-Canada game. I was a little disappointed in the game, actually. I was kind of hoping for a 3-2 yeah. game, but it ends up being 5 nothing for Canada. But the Canadians played a complete game, and I don't think that Igor Larionov is going to look at his team. Now, I've, I've been hearing all these stories about reports from over in Russia where the kids are getting grilled. And, uh, mm. and, and I hate that kind of stuff because these are 16, 17, 18, 19-year-olds playing for their country. And uh, I just, I don't, I think, you know, it's not like they're professional players or anything. They're just over there to play the game. But I don't think that Igor would have been too disappointed with the effort, but it's just Canada was just that much better. Well, Canada was fantastic, but, you know, we talked about, Bryn, the lack of offense for Russia and not having those explosive players. And you knew going into this, we talked about it yesterday, Going into this semifinal game, it had to be a low-scoring game for Russia. And I think what threw their game plan out the window was that early 59-second goal by New Hook. Because yeah. that put them in the, on the back foot, like right off the bat. Then McMichael made it 2-0, 3-0 after one. And their game plan is out the window. And they have a young goaltender who's starting to struggle because that first goal. And then he starts guessing. I think he started guessing on some of the plays because that's why he's all over the place. And then he loses his stick every single time, which again, Ray pointed out and, and Gord pointed, uh, pointed out on the broadcast. And uh, the game was over. You knew at 3 nothing, the game was over. Russia was not going to score four goals on Canada. No. The only way that they were going to win this game was if Askarov stood on his head, kept the, uh, Canada to one or two goals, and Russia was able to get a couple of goals and, and maybe get a third one. Because, you know, talking to what you just mentioned about people back in Russia talking about this team. I just don't see the offense there. I don't see the creativity and the explosive guys. I mean, it's the same as when we talked about Czech Republic, they don't have that one shot scorer. And if you come to this tournament and you don't have those superstar one shot scorers, you know, we talked about Finland and Finland was a little bit, uh, you know, challenged goal scoring wise, but they still had Lambert and Lundell who are two fantastic offensive players. Now, Russia had Pop Colson and, and Amarov and a couple of other players, but I didn't see them as guys that could take the puck, go coast to coast, and score a goal. And I didn't see that happening yesterday. Canada yesterday, complete, solid game. Once they got the lead, you knew they weren't going to relent it. Uh, Levi with the third shutout of the tournament, tying Justin Pogge for the most ever with 28 saves. Yep. And, uh, you, you know, I just don't think that Canada has been pushed as maybe they're that good, Bryn, and we're not giving them all the credit we should. But I don't think Canada has faced a team that is offensively talented yet. And the United States have got are some an guys. offensively talented team. They have got some guys. Very offensively talented. 
Hey, uh, and you know, Dylan Cousins again with the empty net goal yeah. and two assists leading the tournament 16 points. He's been fantastic. You're reading my mind today because I wanted to talk to you about uh, both uh, Cousins and uh, Devin Levi because to me, those mm. two guys are the leaders on this team. The one thing, and watching the two netminders last night, the Canadian netminder looks like he's completely composed, completely squared off to mm-hmm. every single shot. Whereas uh, Askarov last night, to me, and you're right, he was guessing. He was flopping and flying, stick going all over the place. He just never looked like he had any control. And there's and you've been around hockey teams as much as I have. There's one thing that players love to see from the bench, and that is a goaltender. And it doesn't matter their style. I'll use Mike Smith with the Edmonton Oilers as an example. Mike's crazy. But if he still has the confidence to make saves, that just spreads to the bench. And I just never felt that the Russians at any time had confidence in their net mining last night or their game against Canada. Well, to me, you know what Askarov looked like to me, Bryn? Askarov looked like a kid who knew that the only way that they were going to beat Canada was if he stopped everything. Yeah. And and after that first goal went in, he's like, I got to stop everything again. I, I can't let another one in after this first goal. And then he's over, you know, playing every single pass Canada makes. And he's overthinking where it's going to go. And he's, he's too busy in the net. And you're right. There was a big difference between the two goaltenders. A goaltender, when he's confident, his movement in the net is fluid and he just goes side to side, squares up with the puck, lets the puck hit him. When a goaltender is scrambling and trying to do things that he normally wouldn't do, losing his stick like he did, you know, reaching for pucks, you, you know, and, and guessing, you can tell when a goaltender is guessing because he's going down before the shot's even taken or he's going one way before the shot's even made. And it just looked like to me, that Askarov was a kid who had the weight of the world on his shoulders because I think going into the game, he knew the game he, plan for Russia. He knew he had to steal the game, right? Russia was a two-one-three-one game. Yeah. It wasn't a, a four-four-five-four uh, or six-five game. They they don't have the horses for that. I think he's going to be a great NHL netminder. He's just got to be worked with a little bit by a good goaltending coach, and he's going to be sensational. I I, I just let me get back to this because. It was uh, Slava Fetisov who said in a tweet or to somebody last night after that game that no single Russian player would make Team Canada. Ouch. Wow. That, that hurts. I don't think that's accurate. And, uh, yeah, I don't yeah, know if that's accurate. I, just, I think, you know what? They have the same disease we have here in Canada when we don't win. What's yeah. wrong with Canadian hockey? What's wrong I with know. Russian hockey? Nothing. There's other competitive countries there, and sometimes if the brakes don't go your way, you're going to lose. It's just the way it works, right? Yeah. I'm going to go back to one thing you mentioned, Bryn, about Askarov, and that is, remember the guy who wasn't able to come over because his father passed away? Correct. That's Nick Havibulin. Yeah. He didn't have his goaltending coach there, somebody to talk to. A guy like Nick Havibulin could have made a big difference for him. Because it would have been somebody to say to him, listen, calm down, just make the save. Don't don't worry about the second and the third and save. He didn't have that there. Yeah. And he didn't have that there. And so I wonder how how much of a, a factor that might have been. We talked about how big a factor it was for Sweden not to have their coaches there. 
I wonder how big a factor it was for Askarov not to have his goaltending coach there. Hey, let's keep moving on because the shelf life on this particular podcast isn't going to be long because we're going to be on <laughs> going to be on inside another 12 hours with another podcast right after the gold medal That's game. Right. And, uh, you know, it's Russia, Finland for the bronze. Okay, let me be typically Canadian. Who cares? Uh, let's I bet you Finland wins. I think it matters more to them than it does the Russians. Yeah, I think you're probably right. But like I said, am I going to watch it? Yeah, I might watch it in the background, no. but I got other things I got to do today. Yeah, because be in the background. Yeah. I'm going to be solidly bolted to my seat in front of the big television for the Canada US game today. It's the uh, how many times Canada and the US have met in the final? How many times, Paul? This is going to be their fifth time. Okay. And the US has won the last three. Canada won in 97, and then the States won in 2004, 2010, and 2017. So uh, it, it doesn't happen as often as you would think, although it's probably going to happen more often as we go along because of the number of kids playing hockey in the United States and obviously the number of kids playing in Canada, they have huge talent pools to choose from. Yeah. And the American program is developing top-notch, top-notch players every year. From the most unusual places too, right? If you take a look at their lineup, there's guys like from Arizona and yeah. California, not just your typical. Yeah. It used to be Minnesota, Wisconsin, Michigan, and now it's all over the place. Yeah, I guess the that's a, effect. That's a, absolutely right. It's a statement on how much the, the game is growing down in the U.S. Okay, now we have two big gunners going at it today for the points title. I'm mm. really looking forward to watching these. I really love watching both of these two play through the entire tournament, but it's going to be exceptionally fun to watch them go head-to-head tonight. Well, Cousins, to me, is a horse. I mean, that guy, <laughs> they call him the workhorse from Whitehorse uh, on the broadcast. And uh, Cousins, to me, is, is is a power forward at this level. I mean, he's strong, he's fast, he's got a you know good skill. And Zegers, to me, is a little different. He's more of a cerebral player. He makes those little plays and then he's got tremendous vision, the way that he finds guys all the time and uh, both fantastic players, 16 points each in the tournament and uh, the U S power play Canada. The one thing they got to be careful is yeah. that power play U S power plays at about 40% in this tournament. I wouldn't want to be taking too many penalties. Not that Canada has, but I still think that the game for Canada that they have to play against the United States is they got to be physical and they got to forecheck those guys hard because from what I saw yesterday, the U.S. had issues when Finland really turned up their game and forechecked really hard, and they got a lot of turnovers. The other thing we've often talked about, not only at this event, but the one last year, is that if you get the lead or get a 2 or 3 nothing lead, it's pretty much over, with the only exception being the gold medal game because you can never say die. You can never quit Absolutely. the gold medal game. So I don't know how important getting a lead is going to be but I think the thing that it's going to boil down to tonight for me, and it's one of the things that I always watch anyway, is those loose puck battles. Because uh, mm-hmm. if you win those battles early, you tend to win those battles all night. The other thing, too, is uh, making the other team play your style of game. And, you know, yep. so I'm, I'm pumped. I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I think it's going to be a lot closer game than people think. I don't see a blowout coming at all. I guess we're going to find out whether or not Canada's easy romp through their side, through their pool, is going to uh, give them a little bit of extra energy going into a game against a team that's really had to battle to get there. So uh, I'm pumped. Let's get it started. 
Yeah, and we talked about as well, Brent, at this age level in junior hockey, the momentum swings and being able to weather when the other team, you know, has pressure on you and you're able to weather it and turn it around quickly. And during this tournament, we've seen numerous occasions where maybe coaches should have called the timeout and they didn't and it buried their teams. And, you know, managing those momentum swings and, and, and you're right, that's one thing Canada hasn't faced yet. Yeah, absolutely. Canada hasn't faced a lot of adversity in this tournament. And this game may be the game where they finally, you know, have to face that adversity and will be able to see how they react. Levi hasn't let in a bad goal yet. If he lets in an early bad goal, how's that going to affect him? You know, we saw what happened to Askarov. So there's a lot of questions going into this game where you look at Canada and you say, man, they've been complete games. They've been getting stronger and stronger as this tournament's gone on. But the United States has gotten better during this tournament as well. And they have a lot of depth. You look at the top 15 scorers right now in, in the tournament, it's littered with Canada and U.S. players. So the depth for both teams is there. Yeah. Whereas yesterday, I didn't think Russia had any, you know, there was no way they were going to get a lot of chances on Canada. I think the U.S. can manufacture those chances. I was asked on a different podcast yesterday who I picked in a Canada-U.S. gold medal championship, and I said, based on what I've seen <laughs> through this entire event, and this is no slag to either team, I think the fact that the Americans have faced a harder road to get here, I favor the U.S. in the game tonight. Uh, it's not necessarily the way I would cheer, as you know, but I uh, I, yeah. I think that if the going gets tough, you were going to find out a lot about the Canadian kids, but we all know they're tough anyway. But I think the Americans have had a tougher road to get there. So I'm just giving them a slight edge. Goaltending is pretty close. Uh, defense, mm-hmm. really close. Oh, Forwards, really, yeah. really close. It's just, I think it's going to be a great game and I can hardly wait. Okay, one year ago yeah, today. It's going to be a great game too. One year ago today, I'm going to play it. This might be the last time I'm playing this clip. Hang on. Now move ahead. In comes Tom to the chance. Move the buddy scores. Gil Thomas has given Canada the lead. With less than four minutes to go in the third period. That was your game winner, your gold medal winning goal. From last year, we were at that matchup in the Czech Republic, and it was a blast, and that was a year ago today. Okay, let's uh, let's talk about people getting involved with your website, and we've got the contest going. Let's tell everybody about that. Yeah, it's the last day for the contest. We're going to close it down at about uh, 3 p.m. Mountain Time uh, to win the Pierre-Luc Dubois autographed uh, Canadian uh, World Juniors jersey from uh, Fandemonium, uh, our friend Warren Suter. And we also have an autographed Grand Fear photo that we'll be giving away. So we'll, ha- we'll announce the winners of that on our post-tournament uh, podcast uh, later tonight okay. after the gold medal game. And uh, you can also get a lot of information on our tours and uh, at azrakan.net. We already have pages up for Russia 2023 in Sibirsk, and we have a page up for Sweden 2024 in Gothenburg. So please get on the priority list if you're interested in joining us in either one of those two tournaments for both. And of course, our Facebook page is is lively with a lot of people posting uh, uh, things on there and reacting to uh, our past tours and to what's going on now. So a lot of ways for you to stay in touch with us. And of course, uh, the podcast again uh, after the game. Canada Fans World Junior Tour Podcast. That's it for today. Like I said, short shelf life on this one will be on right after Canada. Oh, I almost said Canada wins the gold. Well, we're hoping they do. 
Canada takes on the Americans for the gold. Paul, thanks, and we'll talk to you later, okay? Yep. That's your closing? Yep. You're not pumped? You're not, yeah, not going to wave the flag? Canada. I'm excited, man. I want to see this game. I'm, I, you know, I wish the game started now. It's, uh, you know, Let me, I'm ready for it. I think Canada is going to do well. They have to be physical, though. Okay. All right. I'm just uh, grinding your gears a little bit. Anyway, <laughs> uh, we'll uh, we'll talk to you after the big matchup tonight. See everybody.